As we begin this morning, I do want to remind you that if you have the desire to support this podcast or the local church in which I serve, um, I ask that you would send any of those donations, any of that support to Henry's Chapel UMC at 563 East Main Street in Philadelphia, Mississippi. Again, that's Henry's Chapel UMC, 563 East Main Street in Philadelphia, Mississippi. And this morning, we're going to look at a parable. In other words, a story that Jesus told to get to a, an underlying truth. And we're going to look at Matthew in the 20th chapter, verses 1 through 16. Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 through 16. And as you are turning there, I just want to uh, take a moment to kind of give an overview as to where we may be heading. And it's the idea of, um, I can recall growing up, one of the very first things that I learned is what is fair. You would play with friends and, and when they would get something or they would get more of something than you, inevitably you would find yourself saying, that's not fair. That's unfair. And a lot of times growing up, what that meant was that I didn't get what I thought I deserved and somebody else got more than I thought they deserved. Um, so often when we scream the idea of that's not fair, what it was for me was that I was unhappy and I thought I was receiving less. I thought I was being cut short. And so, I wish I could say that, that, that I grew out of that, um, but I think that, the, that so often in our world, when we hear people say certain things are unfair, ultimately what it is is they're pointing out that there is an injustice being done to them in their eyes. And, and, and I think we could all tell a, a version of this story because we, we can all think if we know that we were to look in our own minds of those people who, um, in our opinion, either neither earned nor deserved what they got. A job, a promotion, a raise, recognition, happiness, success. And you hear this term of earn, and it manifests itself in a lot of different ways in our culture. One being, they get what you get what you deserve. And, and, and more often than not, we view the world, ourselves, and even others through this lens of fairness. And, and the problem with that is, is, is what we're going to hear this morning is that fairness kind of butts up against grace. And so we view people through this lens of fairness rather than grace, which is the exact opposite of how God views the world in our lives. We've been taught from an early age that fairness matters. And, and, and as I said earlier, it's not just the kids, but, but adults want fairness too. And, and too often, it is fairness that drives us rather than love, acceptance, mercy, forgiveness, or generosity. And it causes us to judge one another and judge our life circumstances. But, I mean, personally, I'm not saying anything negative against fairness right now because I... I, I grew up embracing fairness because it gives me some, it gives us some assurance of order and predictability, control, even a hierarchy, if you will. 
and then fairness is based on what you deserve, on how hard you work, on what you achieve, the way in which you behave. And sometimes it is fair to give a reward, other times a punishment. And we live and promote this behavior that, that you get what you deserve. And, and, and this is what we're going to talk about today. And I'm going to use this term to kind of quantitate what this fairness is, to talk about what this fairness is. And it is a wage-based society in which we earn what we get. You deserve the consequences, good or bad, of your actions. And as we look at that, what happens when divine goodness trumps human fairness? And with that in mind, I want to jump into today's parable. Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 through 16, um, where we hear these words. And it's Jesus talking. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning and he hired laborers for his vineyard. And after agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into the vineyard. And then he went out again at nine o'clock and he saw that there were more people in the marketplace sitting around. And he said to them, you also can go work in the vineyard and I'll pay you whatever is right. And so they went. And when he also went out at noon and three, he did the same thing. And then about five o'clock, he went out and he found that there were still people standing there. And he says to them, why have you been here idle all day? Why, have you, why haven't you been working today? And they said to him, because no one has hired us. And he said to them, you also go into the vineyard. And when evening came, the owner said to his manager, call all the laborers in and give them their pay, beginning with the last and then go to the first. So when those that were hired at about five o'clock came out and received the usual daily wage, you can imagine what was going on. And this is a side note, but you can imagine what was going on in the mind of the people that went in, in the early in the morning. They thought that they would receive more, but each of them also received a daily wage. And when they received it, they started to, as you can imagine, grumble. And, and they were upset with this landowner saying, these last worked only one hour and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. And, but the landowner replied, friend, I'm doing no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give the last the same I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? He closes with this familiar phrase that we hear so often in Scripture. So the last shall be first and the first shall be last. So today's parable from Jesus suggests that wage-based society and grace are in opposition with one another. That they're, they're opposing world views, if you will. And, and, and I think the degree to which we fall in line with this idea of a wage-based society is the degree to which we found ourselves struck, struck by this parable. If we were hearing this parable and we said, that's absolutely unfair that the people that went in first should have received more money, 
then we would absolutely then we would say that we fall in line with a wage-based society which is the majority of us or maybe you would say not even say that the people that went in first deserve more but definitely the people that went in last deserve less and that is this wage-based society that we live in but what we see lived out through the vineyard owner is grace and so we see that this is in a direct tension. The wage-based worldview allows little room for grace in our lives or in the life of others. Because if we're honest, this idea of grace, this idea of operating as we see the vineyard owner operating, it, it, it reverses um, business as usual in our lives. It, it, it reverses the way in which we are, our, our modus operandi, the way in which we operate in our society, that you get what you deserve. This idea of hearing that the last shall be first and the first shall be last, this is not how we operate. This is not how a wage-based society works, if you will. Because in a wage-based society, what we hear is the first or first, the last or last for a reason. And that is because they deserve it. it. Because it is what is fair to do. That you get what you earn. You get what you deserve. And our vineyard owner this morning is saying anything but... See, our understanding of fairness doesn't take priority in the kingdom where grace is the rule and not the exception. Because what we hear this morning in this parable and what we know to be true about grace is that grace looks beyond our productivity, our appearance, our dress, our race, our ethnicity, our accomplishments, our failures. And grace recognizes that there is more to you than who you are what you have done or left undone you see as we look at grace we begin to realize that grace is not something that we can earn as a matter of fact we look at ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 and 9 and 10 and it says for by grace you have been saved through faith okay and hear this this is not your own doing it is a gift of god not the results of works, so that no one can boast, for we are what he has made us, created in Christ, Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. You see, what we're hearing is that grace is not something that we have done or earned, but grace is a gift from God, not based on our weight, not based on our works, but based on how God views us and on God viewing us as beloved or maybe you need to hear it this way grace reveals the goodness of god where wages reveal human effort grace seeks unity and inclusion while wages make distinct distinctions and separate grace just happens where wages are based on merit and you start to see how these two views, how these two worldviews can live in tension with each other because the only precondition of grace 
is that we show up and open ourselves to receive what God is giving. And when we do, we begin to see our lives and the, our world and our neighbors differently because we don't view them as competition, but as beloved. Grace reminds us that we are not as nearly as self-sufficient, deserving, or independent as a wage-based society would like for us to believe, or as we have convinced ourselves that we are. Neither is our worth determined by our productivity or our usefulness to another. Grace does not justify or excuse discrimination or an unfairness or oppression. To the contrary, it holds before us the truth that each person is more than their behavior, their looks, their accomplishments, or their failures, as we discussed last week when we talked about the idea of how we are not to judge. But what grace, what this story reminds us to and calls us to view the world through is the lens of grace, which is that we are all sinners. We have all fallen short. And that none of us deserve to receive God's grace. For we hear in scriptures that the wage of sin is death. So if we want to talk about wage-based earning, then what we deserve is death. Each and every one of us, because we can never be good enough. But through the grace-based system and society that God has implemented in the kingdom living, we are all worthy because the price has been paid through Jesus Christ. You see, the, tra the tragedy of a wage-based life is that it blinds us to the presence of grace. That we, that we begin to think that we have to earn and do more. And it, I wish I, just, I could say that it just happened in our own jobs and outside, but it also happens within the church. That I've got to earn my place. I've got to make sure that people know that I'm a good disciple, that, people know, that I'm always doing and blowing and going. And then we turn around and look up and go, why am I so burnt out why am i so frustrated with the church and the reality is is because we have lived in a wage-based society long enough that we find ourselves going i've got to do 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 and then all of a sudden we get frustrated because we're always doing things trying to earn our place you see a wage-based society can make us resentful of grace and goodness and beauty in the life of another it can separate and isolate us. Eventually, we set up standards and expectations, not only for ourselves and others, but for God when it comes to this wage-based society, that we find ourselves doing this. God, don't you see everything I'm doing? They're, they're not Sunday school teachers. They're not helping with a small group. They're not going on all the retreats that I'm going on. God, they, smite them. Give me more grace. And we never say that, but we find ourselves underneath our breath grumbling against our vineyard owner. You see, in our story, what happens is the first hired saw themselves different as the last hired, and, they, and then they begin to grumble. But the truth is, is that they're not all that different from each other. 
Neither group owned the vineyard. Both groups needed a job. And both groups were chosen and invited in by no effort of their own doing. You see the vineyard owner came out saying, hey, you need work, come. Come and work. They were invited in. And there is, however, a distinct, something that distinguishes them. And the, the distinction is not when they showed up. But the real distinction between the first hired and the last hired is that the first hired entered the vineyard only after agreeing on a usual daily wage. If you look throughout the parable, again, you hear in the very beginning that the first laborers, after agreeing with the laborers of a usual, usual daily wage is what we hear in verse 2. He sent them into the vineyard. And the other ones agreed to what is right. But what often happens in a wage-based society is we agree on something and then we feel that we have earned something more. And apparently the landowner uh, agrees with the with this mentality because the landowner is literally saying uh, is willing to pay more than the usual daily wage for those people that worked an hour he gives them a daily wage a full day's wage for less than a full day's work that's not fair no it's not it's grace the first hired got what they bargained for. And the later hired workers, those who came in at 9 a.m. or noon or 3 or 5, did not negotiate for the usual daily wage. They entered the vineyard trusting that they would be paid, as we hear, whatever is right. And whatever is right is not determined by the first hired or by a wage-based society, but by goodness of the landowner. You see, what is right does, is not dictated by some hierarchy of earnings or of potential or of what you are able to provide. What is right is the ideal, is the ideal of equality across the board and is determined by the goodness of God. The later hired workers receive more than they earned more than they deserve, more than they had a right to ask for or hope for. And that's just what God does, whatever is right. See, God isn't worried about what is fair. God is worried about grace. Why settle for the usual daily wages when God wants to give you whatever is right for your life, your needs, your salvation? Whatever is right will always be more than fair more than we could ask for or imagine. Yet sometimes we, we still would like to trust a wage-based life more than trust grace. And in so doing, we deny ourselves and others the life that God wants to give. We, we find ourselves saying, but I need to know what I'm earning and what I'm worth. And God says, you know what you're worth? Your worth is that you are my beloved. Your worth is that you are co-heir. Your worth is that I'm willing to send my son to die for you. You don't have to earn it. I'm extending this grace. So how can we begin to move from this wage-based life to the vineyard of grace? 
Just a couple of practical ideas. You can stop comparing yourself and your life to others. And then by doing so, you will create space for grace to emerge. You will be able to extend that grace and love and mercy to others because you're no longer comparing yourself to them saying they don't deserve or that I deserve better. You can refuse to compete in such a way that someone must lose or you must win. And that's not to say sports, but what that is to say is so often in our world, what, the way in which we act and interact is that I have to succeed. And in so doing, someone else must lose. And so we are willing to backbite, stab in the back, stand on people to get a step up instead of seeking the betterment of all we find ourselves in a wage-based society seeking the betterment of self and what the idea of grace says is no we are all equal on a playing on the playing field and that we don't have to sit, try to be better than but what we need to do is work on lifting all together we can trust that in god god's world there is enough for everyone not worrying about there being a shortage of grace and saying, well, I, I have to get all of mine in case it runs out. We let go of the expectation based on what you think you or others deserve. You give God the freedom to pay whatever is right, knowing that God's ways are not yours. Making no judgment of yourself or others, that is the way of grace, the way of God. You see, I think what God, what Jesus is doing here is saying you think you know, you, your privilege will make a difference. You think being the first in will make a difference, it will matter. And of course you, should, you do, that's human nature. Or as Jesus is pointing it to, that is human sin. You'd like to believe that's not the case, but it is precisely why this parable is it, it, told in different ways in different formats throughout scripture. The subversive and easily overlooked purpose of this parable is to make us realize how deep our sense of entitlement exists. And if you wonder if this is true, how our sense of privilege is, is operating and how we envision the kingdom of God looks like, well, you can take a step back and hear this story because the reality is as we hear this, we go, of course, the people who went first deserve more. We're asked the questions, how quickly and easily comfortable and comfortably can we settle into a church? Being, believing that we are the chosen ones and those outside of our walls don't, don't, don't deserve God's grace. Assuming that we have a dominant theological voice, supposing that we are the ones blessed to carry out the manifestation of Christianity. That were we, but if we were to go back and read the New Testament with any sense of honesty and, and it would be unrecognizable to that belief system because what we're called to do, so often we hide behind our four walls and say, we, we, we deserve God's grace, but they don't. And what we're called to do is go out and share that grace. You see, the parable of the laborers in the vineyard does exactly what Jesus' parables are meant to do. It exposes... It uncovers, it unmasks the ways we accept a version of the kingdom of heaven that is nowhere near close to what Jesus came to establish. And they remind us in no uncertain terms of the work that still needs to be done. Imagine 
if we all were to let go of comparison and competition, expectation and judgment, how your life would be more God-filled. You could make space for the life of another to be God-filled, and the world would be the parable, would look as the parable tells us, a lot more like the kingdom of heaven. Just imagine, if you will, if we were able, if we were to take the time to move from a wage-based society to a vineyard of grace. Amen and amen.